Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Alabama AgCast. I'm Casey Rogers, Director of State Legislative Programs for the Alabama Farmers Federation. I'm so excited to have our Alabama State House team with us in the studio this morning. We have our Director of External Affairs, Matthew Durden, and our Director of Agriculture Legislation, Preston Roberts, today. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Casey. Oh, another week. Here we go. Here we go. What it looks like this week, right? Exactly. Before we dive into all of the legislative session, I thought that we could take the opportunity to introduce ourselves to listeners. Matthew, let's start with you. Thank you, Casey. Uh, Matthew Durden. I reside in Cecil, Alabama. I've been a member of the Alabama Farmers Federation for for 21 years. I just had my 21st year anniversary, and I've done a little bit of everything. I was a field man in northwest Alabama for a couple of years. I was a lobbyist uh, when I moved to Montgomery in 2013 and uh, did that for several years, and now I get to work with two more great lobbyists in Preston and Casey. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun career here, and uh, we've got a lot of exciting things this session, and and um, still still you know trying to do what's best for our membership and our policyholders. Absolutely, Preston. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Casey. Uh, like Matthew, I was a field man uh, in East Central Alabama. I worked a seven county territory over there. Uh, loved every minute of it working directly with our members and, and getting a visit with their farms and getting to know them and really getting to know the issues that they face every day. Um, a farmer wears a lot of hats and therefore he comes uh, under a lot of different laws and regulations and things that impact the farm. Um, so I think that experience and being a field man uh, really helped uh, me to do my job now in the role of, uh, of Ag Legislation Director better. Um, just because I, I, I kind of know better the issues that they're facing. Uh, so did that for seven years and for the past two years have been lobbying here at the State House and um, live in Auburn uh, with my wife Mandy and two sons, Sam and Ben. Yeah, hey, I couldn't agree more with Preston talking about being with farmers and knowing their needs as a field man sitting on the tailgates. But a lot of the great programs that we have here at the Farmers Federation uh, that we get as a field man that we got to experience, whether it's Ag in the Classroom or a Farm City Week program, you know, our legislative process is 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 one that was always really important to me because it was a way for that I saw a need that kept farmers on their farms and let us be their voice in Montgomery. So no that's just one of the programs that, that, you know, that we have here, the connection to our legislators, whether it's through helping them get elected or lobbying them or bringing them to meetings and to form that relationship, I think is one of the important things that we do. And, and I was just always drawn to that. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I know that y'all are too. Agreed. I think um, our listeners will be able to hear the passion in y'all's voice. Um, and I think that, they, um, that it'll also be evident to them that I, I, I joined a great team. I've been here a little over a month now, which is hard to believe. Um, and so had a little bit of a different experience finding, um, finding my, my way here. I grew up on a third-generation farm in Butler County right outside of Greenville um, and went to the University of Alabama. And after graduation, I spent some time in Washington and ultimately came home to run a political campaign took a job at the local electric cooperative um, and working with their membership there, communicating 
long story short, came full circle and worked for Representative Roby's office um, in her last term. And then um, this position became available. And it, it really is the bridge between two of my loves being the political side of things and the communication side of things. I'd been joking, kind of wanting to go back to the family farm. And so it just really melded all of those together for me. So um, I'm excited to be here and excited to join you both. Casey, we're excited that you're part of the team. You've you've already in in a month's time uh, taken a lot off me and Preston, and I know that the members in the legislature have uh, you're a welcome new face for them as well. But our members have already embraced you. I know you're headed to several county meetings already, and so that's great. If you will, just uh, now that you've met our team, uh, we'll be right back uh, after this message and uh, give you an update and our thoughts on what's going to happen this upcoming legislative session. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Welcome back. I'm sure as most of our listeners have heard, This legislation has looked a little bit different due to everything related to the COVID-19 situation. Preston, tell our audience a little bit about the recent changes in the State House. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very different, uh, obviously, as as most everything has been impacted uh, by the coronavirus. And and leadership uh, this session is is trying their best to get to work and and do the things that are important to uh, the citizens of the state. However, the state house, as it's currently um, as it's currently designed, is not conducive for social distancing. It's pretty narrow. The hallways are extremely tight, and so it, it was going to be extremely difficult for them to come back and just open the doors for everybody to come back in and attend committee meetings and visit and shake hands and uh, one-on-one with their le- legislators. So uh, they have limited public access. Um, this this session for the time being um, to appointment only in the Senate and um, and in the House you can call your member and 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 they can reserve a room for you for to meet face to face so very difficult um, from our end I mean as as far as we're used to being in there and having direct contact um, so we're working our 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 doing our best to work through the the challenging situations and trying to be understanding of of the difficulties that they're they're trying to deal with right now. Matthew, would you add anything to that? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, what you're saying as far as uh, the difficulty of, of member engagement, um, that's why I think with our organization being a grassroots organization that, you know, we, we have members out to meetings and, and we've got relationships with them. It's more important now to utilize that relationship that you have uh, with your elected officials because they're being in, they are being covered up with text messages and phone calls and in the house you know they don't have clerks that take message and all those uh, the Senate does and I've visited with a few of those and man they're 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 going through notepads taking messages but you know we're we're still there um, we're we're still in contact with them and um, and so I would say that you know if if our members are listening to this AgCast. The the one thing I would take away from it here is go ahead and establish that line of communication uh, that you have. Uh, I, I have faith in our legislators that they'll answer your phone call if you've got a need. So uh, I'd like to discuss some other challenges and, and things of importance, I think, uh, and you all just chime in here when you see this, but 
Preston alluded a little bit about access. Uh, it is it is different, um, more so because we're used to seeing people and rubbing shoulders and elbows with people, uh, not necessarily just legislators, but our, our lobbying friends who also share information with us. Uh, we don't hardly ever see them anymore as well, or not this session anyway. So um, that is that is very viable for us to, to be able to hear things going on mm-hmm. uh, and somebody, you know, chime in. Just last week uh, I was notified uh, hey, the uh, the gaming bill dropped at like four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. It was in committee at ten o'clock that morning, and on the Senate floor at at nine o'clock Thursday morning. So the speed of how things are moving are a little scary. But because of our relationship, somebody picked up phone and said, "Hey, just want to know y'all saw this. You, you know, you probably did, but just in case you missed it, just let you know what's going on." So. Uh, that's been important, but uh, I think our, our our biggest challenge uh, this this session is the speed that uh, that the legislature has already taken. I think um, two weeks ago, when they before their break, Preston, they had 130 or 40 bills in committee, and I think you, in case you've done the homework for this week's committee meeting, we're up at 160 bills going to be in committee. Uh, and basically, you know, that's a large volume of bills, but somebody's got to put eyes on each one of these and find out that, you know, the impact that they may or may not have on our organization, on the insurance company, and or on the farmers in this state. So uh, those are the things that's concerning to me. Uh, I trust our leadership that they're trying their best to be uh, transparent about things going on. And if there are real issues on pieces of legislation, that we will have a voice in, in where those where that which way that legislation falls but um i think we're just now in the beginning of of a of a really tough legislative session now that they're back and we haven't had any COVID outbreaks what do y'all think i think i joined you guys at a very interesting time no Um, doubt you did you know i think um relationships and communication have probably never been more important and i think if you take in consideration just the general pace of everything right now um and so I think despite all of the obvious challenges of this session, you know, they've been taking care of business. Um, and so I think, you know, if if we talk about a, a little bit about the priority bills that have passed through during the first two weeks um, that Governor Ivey just recently signed into law, Preston, tell us a little bit about that, because um, I know that looking into that, we had a few priority bills for the state, and, and they worked really hard to get those across the finish line. Yeah, the legislature absolutely worked extremely fast getting these three priority uh, pieces of legislation across the finish line and and about as quick as they could possibly do it, um, honestly. And, and these three pieces of legislation were priorities for them and for us as well. Um, the first was uh, coronavirus uh, immunity uh, on um, on claims that could come that were frivolous for businesses, nonprofits, hospitals, churches. Uh, this is something that we've seen done in a wide variety of states. Um, and basically what it does is if you're following the, the, the mandates and you're doing things the right way, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about a lawsuit and having to defend against something that is extremely hard to prove, whether somebody got sick or contracted the virus on, on the premises of your business or of your church or anything like that. So definitely a needed uh, needed thing to keep our economy going and, and give our uh, business owners a little bit of sense of, um, of, a, of a safety net uh, there. So excited to see that. Obviously, we've got um, 
uh, insurance offices all across the state. So very important for our customers and our members that are uh, coming into those offices every day. Uh, in addition, there is a sales tax exemption on uh, CARES Act money that came into the state. Alabama received approximately eight million or eight billion, excuse me, uh, dollars into the state, and uh, that piece of legislation was to make sure that not a dime of that was collected uh, by the state uh, under sales tax. So, very important there. Our members received a lot of of those uh, of those dollars through uh, different avenues, the Alabama Agricultural Stabilization Act, for example. And lastly, this was uh, a bill that was kind of left over from the the previous session that got cut short. Two very important economic development tax credits, the Growing Alabama uh, Tax Credit and Jobs Act. Um, those those two are very important to us in rural Alabama and attracting businesses. And so those um, those two pieces of legislation were set to um, sunset uh, at the end of the year. And so um, the the legislature came in and renewed those those two pieces of legislation. Yeah, very important pieces. Um, you know, a lot of those were carryovers from the end of last session that uh, they just decided not to take up. And, and I'll tell you, a lot of the bills that we're seeing already are just carryovers from last session. So it's almost, uh, you know, we've got 650 some odd bills already introduced that are going through um, and that's on top of what people are trying to do that's new for them going into this year this is uh, you know their third year of a quadrennium and so they've got one more uh, before they face re-election and so you usually typically see a lot of bills introduced uh, some of them are feel-good bills but all bills are important to somebody that's introduced it so I'm not taking anything away from there there are a few things that we're working on for, for the ag sector, and uh, we're trying to expand the, um, I guess, the truck hauling force products bill. Uh, currently in the state of Alabama, uh, we've got an L tag for loggers, and it's up only up to 42,000 pounds. Well, in this day and time, we're, we're trying to haul more to the mills, and so we're trying to expand that 42,000 pounds up to 80,000 pounds uh, with the L tag. Uh, our surrounding states have a reduced cost for that tag. We've been meeting with some different groups, and uh, we're hoping that we might can get a reduced rate for that tag, but probably going to settle around somewhere what it costs now. Preston, when you think $400, $450, I think, for that tag, that commercial tag now. So um, I think we're going to we'll, – we'll introduce that this week, I think, mm -hmm. is, is yep. plans for that. So be on the lookout for that. And then we've got the uh, F4 farm tag expansion. We're currently limited to four of those per farm. Uh, it's capped out. Uh, the Revenue Department has asked that we take a, a little bit stronger look at that and, and work to remove that cap. So I think that's something that can happen. And then we've got the grain bin property tax clarification. Um, this is something that we've worked with the Department of Revenue on. Uh, each county is kind of assessing grain bins at a different rate. Some some exempt them from their ad valorem and some some uh, hit them for ad valorem tax. We believe that a grain bin is just another piece of manufacturing equipment on the farm. We believe that it, it does more than just store farm. It helps move grain and also dry grain down. So uh, we, we're fighting for that reduced rate on, on the uh, ad valorem tax. So we'll be working on that. Those are three that uh, we hope to get out and it's going to be a crowded field, but Preston, tell us a little bit about what we've got on rural broadband. There's a little bit on, on that one as well right now. Yeah, and, and rural broadband has been an issue that we've been tracking for a long time. This isn't anything new to, to us and this organization, but it's definitely something that um, – 
that has been highlighted uh, over the last 10 months or so. I would expect some movement on that. Estimates from from ADECA say to fully deploy broadband across rural Alabama would be about six to eight billion dollars. Currently, we've got a grant program that is thirty million dollars a year. So obviously, it would take us a long time to fully deploy broadband under that current grant program. So what the legislature is looking at and what ADECA has has kind of uncovered is that hey, we need a long a, a long term funding source to really move the needle on, on broadband. Uh, we are we are gonna be here and be watching that uh, as it progresses along and, and make sure that um, that folks understand how important that is to our farmers and, and, and their ability to do business in rural Alabama. Agreed. Agreed. I know that we've all kind of harped on it a little bit, the importance of our members staying engaged and, and speaking to our legislators and keeping us informed as well. Um, a couple of things that we have, um, I know we have the Capital Connection newsletter that goes out every month, um, and so we will link to that in the show notes for our listeners so that they can easily sign up for updates, um, and so they can stay connected with both us and um, and our legislators as we navigate this session. Again, this is Casey Rogers, Director of State Legislative Programs, and we've had Matthew Durden, Director of External Affairs, and Preston Roberts, Director of Agriculture Legislation with us today. Thank you all for dropping in the studio this morning. Hey, thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey, and appreciate what you do. Absolutely. We're excited to be your external affairs team for the Alabama Farmers Federation, and we look forward to representing you in the Alabama State House. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. As the Alabama Farmers Federation celebrates a century of serving Alabama farmers, I want to take a look back over the last 100 years and highlight some of the ways that our leadership has found better ways to represent agriculture, not only at the local and state level, but also nationally. I wanted to share some minutes from a meeting that was held on February 1st, 1921. Leaders of Alabama agriculture met in Auburn to discuss the advantages of becoming a federated member of the national organization that we know today as the American Farm Bureau Federation. Alabama was among the last three states to join this national organization, and many of the problems that we're facing today made Alabama's farm leaders look at being represented in a fair, nonpartisan way at the federal level. Leaders were addressed by then National Secretary of American Farm Bureau, J.W. Coverdale, as he pleaded on behalf of American agriculture for Alabama to join the cause and bring pressure on Congress to establish a nitrate fertilizer plant right here in Alabama. He continued to add that American Farm Bureau could not only assist in this issue, but could also aid Alabama farmers in marketing, transportation, and legislative issues that all farmers face making sure to include that this was not only an Alabama problem, but an American farmer problem and that agriculture needed a unifying voice. Coverdale worked to ensure that leaders knew that Farm Bureau would not fight on the basis of making one organization's uh, purpose heard, but that it could investigate and make recommendations based on its members that protected all farmers in the United States. He then made a statement that continues to ring true today that all American business and industries are directly or indirectly dependent on the success of American agriculture. And this was gonna be the purpose of the American Farm Bureau. 
At the conclusion of Coverdale's address, L.N. Duncan, who had just been recently named as the first director of the Alabama Cooperative Extension Service, and whose name is still visible on Auburn's campus and is the namesake for the administrative building for Alabama Extension, called on leaders from across Alabama, including then-Alabama Ag Commissioner Miles Allgood, to discuss the issue at length. Commissioner Allgood was noted to say that the Farm Bureau was the most beneficial and practical way to solve issues for farmers across the country and that it should be made a reality here in the state. At the conclusion of the meeting, Duncan was given the authority to appoint a committee that would work on the details of becoming a member of Farm Bureau. Since that time, Alabama has played a key role in the development of policy at the national level, has had one president serve as the leader of American Farm Bureau, and continues to have a seat on the AFBF board to this day. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama Ag Credit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama Agcast.